Hey guys, this is Sam Hunter. Welcome to the Sam Hunter Podcast, where we discuss all things hunting, trapping, and fishing. Hey Steve, thanks for joining us on the Sam Hunter Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Sam. How are you? Doing great, man. Um, Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself uh, for our listeners here? Uh, my name's Steve Wright. Uh, I live in North Alabama and got into trapping a few years ago and uh, I've been really hooked on it ever since. Hunted and fished, been an outdoorsman all my life, really. That's awesome. And you guys can find him on Instagram at Steve underscore Wright. That's W R I G H T, Steve underscore Wright. Check him out on Instagram. Uh, that's how I found out about him, just seeking trapping some different facebook groups and instagram um looking for different professionals and found steve and this guy is always getting after it always making great catches so listeners are in for a treat today i really appreciate you coming on um and i want to start with what got you into trapping because for me uh i know you know my great grandfather used to trap and i didn't know much about it as a kid but one time at my grandparents' house, because he had passed down the house to my grandparents at the time, um, we were playing hide-and-go-seek with the cousins, you know, just us just being kids. And in one of the upper um, closets upstairs, I went to go hide in there. And I looked to my left, and there's a foot just kind of nailed into uh, the side of the closet there. And I ran out, you know, kind of freaked out. What, what is this? What's going on? And that's when my granddad said, oh, that's just a muskrat, muskrat foot from, you know, his father. Um, so then that opened up the door to conversation, hearing how he had been, you know, a beaver trapper, uh, muskrat trapper. And a lot of people used to call him back in the day when they had problem beavers. Um, and I, I, you've done some beaver trapping as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I just got into that uh, this past season, as a matter of fact. Oh yeah, how's how's it been going? Oh, really good. I had some had some success. Uh, just getting started, and uh, I had a fellow trapper that uh, does nuisance control full time. Got some help and guidance from him, so I had a had a good head start with that. Uh, some tips, and uh, but yeah, I really like that, and I'm going to be water trapping a good oh, bit. That's awesome. But what got me started a few years ago was, um, believe it or not, we could not grow watermelons because of the cavity problems um i run trail cams pretty much year round around my house here and uh in the summertime we just uh the coyotes would bite the watermelons break them off the vine and we couldn't get a single one and uh it just kept going on for several years in a row and finally wow. decided something had to be done about it and we were right. getting more and more coyote picks uh here around the house and so uh I got in touch with a trapper from Pennsylvania, and uh, he pretty much just sent me some pictures of how he sets, you know, puts his sets in and everything, and uh, kind of got the ball rolling from him. Pretty, gave me some really good advice, and uh, got me started. And then uh, we got started, and I started catching a few here around the house, and that just uh, that was it for me. I was hooked. And, right really started getting after them real hard and uh so we could start seeing some results here around the house and now after several years uh it, it's showing up it's paying off 
Right. And yeah, I've been seeing that on your Instagram, man. Have you, did you say they started out taking some of the watermelons as well? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They, they, uh, they love watermelons. And, uh, if you've got a heavy population of them, uh, you're going to have problems unless you've got a really, really good fence around your watermelon, you know, and sometimes that's just not feasible, but they'll, they'll bite them. They'll chew them, break them open, break them off. Wow. The band, and uh, quite destructive, believe it or not. See, only only four minutes in this conversation now. I've already learned something new because I know that a lot of people, you know, trap them because of, uh, you know, their chickens. They're getting into those or the sheep. But I didn't even right. know about the watermelons. Right. Yeah, that's a major problem here in the south. Wow. Uh, it sure is. And as a matter of fact, just a few miles from my house, there's a fruit stand, uh, an orchard. And, uh, you know, they do the typical thing and, you know, try and grow a lot of different crops. And he said they have extreme problems with the strawberries. Uh, oh, wow. They're just destructive, you know, but that's right. really what got it started was the big, the big watermelon deal. Well, right. And so I know coyotes are one of the primary species that you do trap. Um, what other species do you tend to catch a lot of? Um. You're, you're going to catch your bobcats and your foxes if you right. have, a you know, a good population of them. I, I guess, I don't know if you call it lucky or not, but in a sense, right around my house, you know, my small property, right. I just don't have many foxes and bobcats. So if I do, it's it's pretty much, you know, just a chance thing. But uh, in other places where I, where I trap, you know, the counties around me, uh, you might you might pretty much it's going to be bobcats foxes possums coons skunks you know right. that, oh, wow. that thing but generally i've got to say the counties here around me there's just so the coyote population is so high that there's just not that many foxes you know they're gonna right. stay yeah. after them. so i don't catch too many of those you know i'm maybe that'll change someday when i get these coyotes thinned out Right. Yeah, I've got a little bit of the opposite problem down here in Georgia, um, where I'm at. Uh, on our property, we have lots of foxes. And every time I check the trail cam, you know, there's multiple foxes on there. And every now and then, we'll have a coyote pass through. Um, so I've had a little bit of the opposite, you know, trying to get those coyotes to come in more. Yeah. Um, but for coyotes, and really, just in general, what are the types of lures you use? What types of baits? Um, what types of sets do you use? Uh, generally, if I'm going to set in on a new place, um, you know, I'll start with my commercial baits and lures, you know, the, the right. little bit louder stuff. Right. Um, you know, there's just, man, there's so many good ones on the market. And I'll, I've got just a bunch of them, you know. Some of my go-tos are Wiser's Horse Meat, RK's, Bobcat you know, predator bait. Right. Um, Hiawatha Valley, Cavens, anything Cavens is good. Uh, uh, I've, heard, I've heard of Cavens. Yeah, just your your commercial, you know, guys that have been in it a long time that make those. Uh, I've, I've got a friend uh, from Instagram, you know, you've, you may have seen uh, Frontier Justice Trapping Lure. He, he makes some really good stuff, especially lures. Right. Uh, some of his bait, he's got a bait called Old Lucky and uh, – but I'll kind of start out with the, the loud stuff, and usually after about a week, they're going to get used to that really quick. Right. And, uh, after that, I'll back off, and I've 
what I do is I'll have a, a lot of natural bait saved, whether it's beaver scraps, deer scraps, you know, just anything natural that you can have. Oh, muskrat, you know, anything. Yeah. And I'll back off a little bit and start using those. And um, some of my lures, uh, well, Frontier Justice Trapping Lure makes an MX4, CX4. They're a little bit lighter. They're not so right. loud. Uh, but I'll tend to go with those. And then, you know, as the season goes on, <clears throat> you know, those coyotes get really, really wary. And like are here around the house when I trap you around, you know, by the end of the season, it's hard to catch them. Right. You yeah. have got to get creative and you got to get slick. And a lot of times I'll just use bait only. Just, okay. Just a natural bait. And I'll, I'll shy away from dirt holes. They'll get used to those really quick too. Right. Go to flat sets. Oh, uh, and that type of thing. And oh, okay. You just constantly throwing them a curveball. Right. So uh, just switching it up constantly, that's a big thing to get them? That's it. Yeah. Okay. Especially if you're on a place and you're trapping, going to be long term. Right. If you're, you're only rolling in for a week, you know, I'll roll in and set as many traps as I can and just try and hit them hard and heavy, you know, really quick. Right. And be out. But if you're going to be there a while or if you're trying to trap your own property, you know, for months at a time, you really got to get creative. Now, when it comes to uh, one one lure in particular that uh, everyone was talking about last season, um, Hellfire. Is it overrated or is it worth the reputation? What do you think? Uh, you know, that's one that I have not used yet. Uh, okay. I've got several of Dunlap, Jeff, Jeff Dunlap's lures right. that I have used. Uh, but that is one that I haven't. Uh, if my my understanding is right, I think that's got a lot of skunk to it. Right, yeah, it does. And uh, I do use a couple that do have skunk, but uh, then you know you hit them hard with it, and then I'll back off and not use that so much. I'll use a mm-hmm. a lighter, you know, like a Hallbaker's five hundred, just right. real, real light, natural smelling, you know, and a little bit of urine but i'll use bait and lure and urine pretty much at every set i gotcha okay uh, when i start off now hellfire last season was really my first time uh getting into trapping and then this has been my second season um of course i'm not sure how it is in alabama as far as coyotes go but in georgia we can at least trap coyotes and beaver year round is that similar to alabama yeah that's right okay um, in alabama uh, coyotes and coons possums are are year round but oh, wow. bobcats foxes you know they have a season Be- right. beaver is year round yeah you can do okay. that. yeah i i tried hellfire and i will say because i kept hearing about it um put just a little bit out and i did add one more thing i got something called the coyote box i think it was from the minnesota trap line um i had tried a bunch of stuff to get coyotes out because i had a feeling they were you know near the property mm-hmm. um when i tried the little bit of hellfire and the coyote box that i ordered in three days i had a coyote my first coyote on the property so i feel like it worked you know pretty well moving on it's interesting to hear what you said about you kind of back off it a little bit because i kept using the hellfire because i had success with it i started using more and more of it actually and then i wasn't seeing the coyotes anymore so it, it seems like maybe it's something that i should have backed off a little bit of that instead yeah that has been my experience uh, yeah. it does not take long 
uh, right. uh, in about seven to ten days those guys they smelled it already you know they they get used to it quick and and by loud you know that's what i t- call loud the skunky right oh, really yeah. strong stuff and that's that when you when they start slacking off that's when you got to get creative start doing flat sets you know use your natural bait just a right. hand double handful of bait and maybe a shot of urine that i right you know um, yeah. i have I've, I've noticed that real quick that uh the loud stuff it'll it's good for a week you know maybe two and then they're they're gonna start getting used to that really quick right and for those of you out there who maybe haven't tried uh something like hellfire when steve says it's loud these things are loud i mean i i opened this up in the house just when i first got it. i had no clue what i was getting into when i started last season um just opened it up for a second looked in there took a whiff closed it back up when my wife got home she already knew something was up and I, you know, I didn't spill any of it or anything, but she could smell it when she got home and she was, you know, very inquisitive of what that was. <laughs> oh yeah. My very <laughs> first bottle of lure that I've received from F and T come out of my hands and hit the garage floor and bust it open. Oh no. The very first one. Yeah. So I've got oh. the water hose out and I'm spraying like crazy before the wife gets home. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. She's still going to smell it. <laughs> right. How, how long did that smell stick around? Uh, it was it was several days. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Um, I've learned to open up uh, glass bottles in the yard in the grass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> so for I know, you know, mainly with you, you catch coyotes. Um, when you do catch a fox, have you noticed any tendencies? Is there anything in the set? that may make you a little more partial to catching a fox or anything you can do in the set that makes you a little more partial to catching a coyote? Uh, not, not really. Uh, when yeah. I do catch foxes, I have my traps set distance wise for a coyote. You okay. know, if I was going to attempt to catch foxes, I would move my trap maybe another inch closer to my dirt hole. Um, right. but, like I said, I don't, I don't try for them. So it's just basically luck, you know, because my right. whole setup is for coyote, but I would do the exact same thing for Fox because, you know, when I do catch them, I mean, they're coming to right the baits and all, but, and, and another thing I do the majority of the time when I set a trap and uh, bait it, lure it, I use Fox here and I'm probably, 75 to 90 percent of my sets oh wow red fox urine um because you know that attracts coyotes and right and we don't have that many so you know around uh, sure, when they hit that scent i mean they're, uh-huh. they're wanting to get into it right because and because they wouldn't mind taking out some foxes is that right that's exactly right right and uh so you know I, i'll use all kinds of urines coyote bobcat you know, meat, urine, you know, just throw them a curveball. But right. when I go into a place blind or go in brand new, most of the sets are going to have uh, fox urine. Gotcha. Okay. Because I know um, when I was first starting uh, last season, a couple of people told me that maybe I was over guiding because I was sending in some pictures of my sets, just seeing yeah. what people thought. And they said that the foxes that works for them works for Bobcats, foxes, but that some of them said with coyotes you don't want to over guide, you know over guide them but then i had other people saying 
no, they, they do that and they use uh, step over sticks and all those things. So there was kind of a split opinion on, is it good to over guide coyotes or do you just leave it blank that open dirt spot? Um, how do you normally approach that with coyotes? Um, pretty much what I do on all my sets, my dirt hole, I, right. I'll, I'll keep it simple. I'll just find mm-hmm. a, a little a clump of grass. Right. I try, you know, I do it maybe backwards from the way other trappers do. When I'm walking a, a logging road or uh, any kind of travel path, I don't care, you know, if I know they're traveling it, their nose is going to find whatever you put. What I look for is a good solid backing that they cannot come around on the back with, you know, and I don't know, you know, here at the house, I'll use big rocks. You might you Uh have seen that, but in a new place, I'll find a small sapling or a clump of sage grass, but that's what I look for is, is backing. And then I'll just use two simple sticks and make a V. It is is very simple, and I'll, I'll right. punch my dirt hole at a at a forty five at an angle, bring my okay. straight out in front of it, about nine to ten inches, and I mean that's it. Keep it real okay. simple with two two small sticks as, as a V, and that's a pretty that's pretty much about it. Okay, so keep it simple. I got it because that sounds like a, when I would use a lot of sticks and a lot of guiding. I would notice when I looked back at the trail cam, sometimes I would get foxes coming right in on that and, you know, stepping right around, but I didn't see too many coyotes when I would put out all that stuff. Um, So keeping it simple is probably a good switch up for me to do. Uh, On top of that, um, now I know you said, you know, you catch your share of possums and raccoons. Uh, What is a way or is there a way to at least somewhat minimize what has been my biggest issue since I started possums. They, they, they seem to be the first ones there. They get there right when it gets dark. Fastest the animal on get earth. There a little later. Fastest animal on earth. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. So, I have heard that, you know, using rotten meat. Okay. Anything that's rotten or stinks really loud is going to draw possums. But it's been my experience here at the house that it draws coyotes too. So, right. But the only thing that I know to do and what I do here, and it's because it's legal here in Alabama to trap possums year round, and that's what I do. I worked hard in the summertime uh, just on possum trapping. Right. Um, You know, you can't do that everywhere, but but on on a particular property that, like around your house, you know, that you can trap. That's that's what I do, you know, and I would recommend that if it's right. legal. Because um, you've almost got to clear them out a little bit, right, to make room oh, for the other predators. And it does work. Uh, right. After two or three years of this, you know, I can tell you that it works. But that's what I'll do, you know, during the right. summers. I'll concentrate on that and uh, and it's and try and get as many as I can get. And right. you know, we'll go for a month or two with not catching hardly any, and then you know right. some might show up, and you're always going to catch some but yeah I, I work hard on thinning those out uh in the off season yeah. and same thing goes for coons and uh mm-hmm. to be quite honest with you there's not not that big of a problem once regular trapping season opens up right because i've uh you know last season i didn't get any foothold catches what i did get was two possums in a live trap and one raccoon in a live trap so that was pretty much you know the uh epitome of my trapping season last year now this year 
I got my first foothold trap, which, of course, I walked down and it was an opossum. So I had mixed emotions about that because I was glad to get my first foothold catch, but I was not thrilled that it was, you know, another opossum. Yeah. Um, but finally, Steve, I got my first red fox uh, in an MB550. So fox is on the board and coyote is kind of that next big thing that I'm after for me. Um, so kind of looking at what you're doing, you know, that's going to help me switch up my game plan. And I guess, you know, I was doing a lot of the same types of things and the foxes just kept coming back for more and the possums and everything else. So I think taking your device to, you know, use that curveball, switch it up a little bit, uh, make it the coyotes coming back a little bit. Um, but for the fox, it was kind of interesting because, uh, back when it was deer season, I, I normally hunt at some property, you know, our family has a couple hours away from us, but um, I borrowed a bow so that I could hunt at my house and just give that a shot because I saw on the trail cam, we had a lot of deer coming around as well. And so uh, I got a deer, it ran off and I wanted to give it time, you know, and not go straight to it and have it run off more. Yeah. Uh, and then it was getting to that time where, you know, it, I, I just felt like it was getting, um, it was going to get dark. It was going to be, you know, I just didn't want to take any chances with that. I'll just wait till the morning. Uh, so at first light in the morning, I went out to go find it and it had already been, um, something had started to eat it already. So my first thought was that it was coyotes. Uh, but I was kind of surprised because, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of meat taken from it. Um, but they had started on it. So when I put the trail cam out and I didn't want to, chance taking the meat at that point because i didn't know what had been digging into the deer and if they you know have a disease or anything um but it turns out it was foxes that had actually started on it so i set some traps near there and you know felt pretty confident um just because you know i knew the deer was going to bring them in at that point since they'd already started on it uh, on it and i figured the coyotes would come for that too um and so I got some coyotes really digging into the deer. I mean, more coyote footage than I've ever had on my own property, uh, just digging into that deer meat. And so when I set the trap, it turns out the fox got there first. But what really got me, uh, Steve, was when I checked the camera the next day, um, it showed the fox getting captured and everything. And it, it was cool kind of replaying that and getting to see how that happened. But what got me is in the background of one of the pictures, I zoomed in. Uh, and there's a glowing pair of eyes and pointed, pointed ears coming in. And I could tell immediately it was way too big to be a fox. So what got me is that coyote was coming in, and I felt pretty confident that if the fox hadn't gotten there first, you know, I would have had my first coyote instead of fox. Yeah. Um, but, you know, either way, I was just glad, because those were the two that I was really after, and the fox, uh, there had been so many close calls last season where it would step right over the trap, go right around, and it just kept, you know, getting the better of me. So it was good to finally get a fox. Um, yeah. But have you ever had that happen where maybe you targeted, you know, a certain species or there's a coyote you really wanted to get and you saw it coming in the background, but something else had already been caught? Anything like that? No, I can't say that I have. I, I do run trail cameras a lot yeah. on, on traps. Right. Just, just to kind of, you know, watch how they react, what they do, you know, how they can – you know, you can learn a lot. Uh, I've also learned that if a coyote, some coyotes, if they see that camera, I mean, they're gone and they're never coming back. Uh, right. Okay. Cost me a few coyotes. Um, yeah. 
That's interesting that you say that because I will say the biggest difference I noticed in the foxes, um, because they'd come into the deer, you know, and they would just dig in. They'd look right at the camera and keep going. But when the coyotes would come, they would act, you know, more paranoid than I've ever seen anything act. And they'd keep backing off, coming back in. They tried to drag it away from the camera. Yeah, they did not like being on that camera. That's typical coyote. Uh-huh. I've got friends that took a, a deer carcass and tied it to a, I think it was a tree or a fence post or something, and put a camera on it. And he's like, he said, man, I got, I got tons of pictures of them just circling. They would right. not come in. Uh-huh. And they just knew something was up. Yep. And, uh, I don't know. It's 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 weird. Uh, I don't know what percentage. Maybe fifty percent. It seems like coyotes just aren't bothered by the the camera. And then some. You know, when they see that glowing light or the, just the camera itself. I mean, they you know they're gonna turn inside out, getting out, and they're done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, they are there's just that's a whole different ball game with those guys uh, oh yeah so much more wary that i have noticed uh you know goes along with what you were talking about the foxes not so much right but coyotes that's just uh, and that's what makes it special to me that's what's uh makes the you know gives it the challenge uh because exactly. they are so hard you know just so wary and uh getting them to step on that on that pan you know there's right it's a challenge. It's an art. Oh, yeah. And speaking of special, um, I've been excited about this. I know our listeners are going to love hearing this. I want you to give us a walkthrough of one of the coolest coyotes I've ever seen, which you happen to catch. And ironically enough, I just realized this today, Steve. I was scrolling back to find that coyote. And this is actually the anniversary of the day you caught that coyote last year. Really? Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> What was really cool about this coyote, uh, what caught my attention immediately was those two different color eyes. Um, and so why don't you just kind of walk us through from the beginning, you know, if you remember even your set, what you used, and just kind of walk us through that scenario there. Um, well, I, if it was mid-April like this, then I do right. remember I had been there a couple of weeks, and I, I, I distinctly remember – you know, starting out with the loud baits and lures and stuff, you know, and right. and, it, and just almost hitting a brick wall after a week or 10 days, whatever it was, you know. And so uh, I was running a camera and I was getting coyotes around the area walking. And, you know, it, that immediately told me they'd done got used to everything. Uh-huh. So I basically just uh, switched completely over. I, you know, I had some deer scraps and, uh, other things and uh started putting those out and uh no more lure you know i would use just a touch of urine or i would use the the lighter lures uh you know like those i was i was talking about from frontier right. justice and and just light you know I, I quit doing dirt holes i would do flat sets um, okay and i would take that natural bait and cut it up in in little small fine pieces uh that i have found is excellent an excellent way to catch late season coyotes just take that that meat and i had chopped it up into fine pieces and put it in a clump of grass basically and right you know go down into the bottom of the and and really make the coyote have to work for it basically uh-huh. and uh but uh, yeah I, and ended up finding that catching that coyote uh, i think they call that heterochromia 
Uh, yes. Yeah. That's the only one I've ever caught like that. Uh, yeah. But- I, I was fascinated by that. I, I looked up what that was and um, I was looking at how, you know, I know there's, there's different dogs that are known for that. Huskies, yeah. a lot of them can have two different color eyes or yeah. uh, Australian shepherds. There's people that have two different colored eyes. Um, but looking at that, you know, I saw that there were actually a few different types of that. Uh, and I just became fascinated with that. There's the central heterochromia where one eye is one color. The other eye, only a border of the pupil is a different color. There's partial heterochromia where uh, one eye is a color. The other eye is split. And then there's just regular or they call it complete heterochromia where each eye is 100% completely different color. Yeah. And judging by the picture, I think that's what you had, right? The complete heterochromia. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It, you know, it took me a second when I walked up there and got a really good close look. I'm, I just, it took me a second to really figure out what I was looking at, you know, cause right. I, I yeah. and, and haven't seen it since. Right. I, I had no idea how rare that is, but I, I, I do know that's the only one I've ever caught like that. Right. So yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool thing. That is cool. Now, let me ask, do you ever, um, I know you catch a lot of coyotes. So at this point you may not do this as much anymore, you know, if you ever have, but do you, do you mount any of your coyotes? Do you get any of the furs and, you know, keep them for memory's sake? I do. Uh, some of the prettier ones, I do have, right. um, a freezer full of those. Right. Uh, and I'm still waiting on my first solid black coyote. Uh, oh, wow. I say that I'll mount that one. I don't know. We'll see when that time comes. Uh, yeah. That's still out there somewhere. But, yeah, that's what I'm I'm really – that's my next goal. That's what I'm really right. after. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do well, have a few that I saved uh, and put on the wall, you know, for decoration mm-hmm. and uh, try and get, you know, one of everything. Fox, did, you know, coyote. Yeah. Did um, you happen to mount? Did you happen to mount the heterochromia coyote? No, that one I did not. Yeah. Sure didn't. That would have been that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Um I actually uh dropped off the, the fox uh, at a place here in Loganville, Fortner Taxidermy, so I'm excited about that. Um probably just going with, with the fur. Uh but you know, getting the, the hide or the pelt from that. Right. Um so just kinda waiting on that, but I know it's it's gotta be a good feeling when you get your first one, you know, back in the exactly. back in the mail. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh make, in my opinion makes for a great wall decoration. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. I you know, I, I feel like these things are neat. Um I actually this past deer season because uh, really hunting and trapping are both fairly new for me. I've I've fished for a while and I always love that. But my cousin took me hunting a couple of years ago um, and I just fell in love with it. And that kind of led me into the next thing, which was trapping. But this year I was able to get my first deer uh, and it was a, you know, it was a spike buck, but um, it was big bodied and, you know, it was going to make some good meat. And I just wanted to be able to, you know, eat that first deer that I had taken. Right. Um, but I took the, you know, the spike antlers and we saw those off. And so I've got those up, excited to get the fox fur. And I feel like it's just a great way, kind of like my great granddad did, to pass those memories down, you know, to the next generation and kind of show them and give them just a little taste of what, you know, trapping and hunting is all about. Right. That's that's a great idea. Keep those memories. And, uh, you know, the first deer is special. Always is. Oh, yeah. And um, so, you know, we've learned a lot of great stuff today. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on the last thing. I want us to kind of touch on here 
is what we can do um, as trappers, hunters, anglers to, you know, keep these uh, traditions and these rights going strong and also to educate those who may not necessarily believe, you know, that it's ethical or it's right. What can we do to sort of educate uh, society, at least the parts of society that maybe aren't really sure? You know, I, I would say educate yourself. Right. It's so much great information, you know, on the Internet. Uh, s- studies done by state game departments, you know, uh, study up on those. Uh, you, there's a lot of good literature out there by trappers who, have you know, been at it for a long time. Got a lot of good information, you know. Right. Sometimes uh, when I come across uh, that, you know, I just I, I'll tell people, you know, a, a lot of states have trapping seasons, or nearly all of them, and there's a reason right. for that. Yeah. You know, talk to your local game wardens. Right. You know, get 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 their input. You know, talk to a somebody that's got a degree in wildlife management. You know, and and basically educate yourself. Uh, and, you know, and, and you'll be prepared, but, uh, I, I find it, you know, joining your state trapping associations and, you know, that's a, that's a good start. But, Absolutely. But talking, talking to, uh, you know, your game warden, you know, and telling, you know, they would be a good example of explaining, you know, why they right. have a trapping season and, you know, why they have a year round trapping season on certain species, you know, right. uh, that, that would be, that would be. Uh, one of the few of the things that I would recommend. Right. I think that's a great recommendation. And I think even today, you know, through our, our episode, um, even starting out the way you got into trapping was because coyotes were taking your watermelons and all the hard work you were putting into growing those, they were destroying them. They were eating them up. Um, and that was kind of your way in. And for other people, it's they're eating their chickens, they're eating their, their sheep. Um, so there's a lot of that that plays into it as well. Yeah, that's right. You know, not to mention the, the predator control aspect of it. You know, if you're trying to increase your deer herd, uh, you know, I'm still in the process of here at the house, you know, and I'm starting to Mm -hmm. see the benefits of that. I'm getting more and more deer on camera. Whereas Uh several years ago, it was rare to have one. Right. Uh, You know, you can, when you start seeing the results, that's when it, that's when the satisfaction really starts paying off. You know, when you start, you know, yeah, you might be doing this for fun and all, but when you start seeing real results, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of spurs you on and kind of, you know, gives you some more motivation when you start seeing more of those phones on camera. Right. Absolutely. Because I will say, I know out west the coyotes are a little smaller, but um, when those coyotes got to the deer carcass, they were close enough to the size of that deer that it was a little concerning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've got some pretty big coyotes out here in the south. These eastern coyotes are straight up deer killers. There, oh, there's yeah. no denying that. Right. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the Sam Hunter podcast. Um, so excited for the information you shared us, and I know listeners will uh, be loving to learn all this. So, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. I enjoyed it, Sam. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Sam Hunter Podcast, where we discuss everything hunting, trapping, and fishing. We had a great time talking with Steve Wright today, learned a lot of great tips for trapping, and heard a lot of great stories along the way. Join us next time for the next episode on the Sam Hunter Podcast, and we'll see you there.